This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. I like surprises, but sometimes I don't. How many know that some surprises, you surprise somebody and afterwards you think to yourself, maybe I should have done that. Uh, years ago, Elaine and I were invited to a birthday party surprise. It was a real surprise. Uh, the party was in Ontario, and we were living in Saskatchewan at the time. And uh, so the lady, the guy who was celebrating his 40th uh, birthday, and uh, she flew us out there so we could be there for the party. We couldn't afford her, so that was a surprise. Big surprise when you get the credit card bill. That would be a real surprise. Uh, but we went out there, and her idea was uh, there were about 30 people, between 20 and 30 people there that day, surprising him for his birthday. And her plan was for us to go into his bedroom and wait in his bedroom for when he came home. And when he came home at the end of his day, he would walk into the bedroom, and we would all yell, surprise. Well, you can imagine what a 40-year-old man happened to him. I honestly thought we'd killed the man. I didn't think he would ever reach 41 years of age. His eyes got wide, his mouth got wide, he fell to his knees, and for about two minutes he couldn't speak. He was a and I honestly thought I'd kill my friend. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to make another day. Sometimes maybe the surprises that we have uh, and we don't always uh, like. Uh, it can be fun and it can be scary at times. In spiritual things, we usually don't like surprises. Let's be honest. In church, we don't like surprises. We like everything done, and our verse for that is done decently and in order. We don't want surprises. So we have an order of worship service. We don't want anything unusual to happen in church. But it seems like God enjoys surprises and still enjoys surprises. God likes to break out of the box. God likes to do things that uh, we're not expecting him to do. And we've been looking at that for the last several weeks. We talked in how the resurrection of Christ is such a big surprise. I mean, nobody was expecting that. Women went to the tomb. All they could talk about was the rock. Who's going to roll the rock away? And they got there and found out, oh, also they Oh, Jesus is gone too. They weren't expecting any of that. Fifty days later, on the day of Pentecost, 120 of them were in the upper room waiting, just praying. Because God said, something's going to happen. Didn't tell them exactly what, something's going to happen. And on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Christ rose from the dead, whoops, Holy Spirit comes in power. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. They've got flames of fire sitting above their heads. They're speaking in tongues. 3,000 people get saved in one day. Saved and baptized in one day. The church goes from 120 to 3,000, just like that. Talk about a surprise. And then after that, they began to live supernatural lifestyles. I call surprisingly supernatural lifestyles. 
God began to work in their lives in ways that they just weren't expecting God to do. Us, we like to make plans. We like to have everything laid out. We look at our calendar, and we have certain days in the year all planned out. We know what we're going to do. We know everything about that. Um, we plan for our education. We plan for our retirement. We plan for our vacations. Some of you already have your summer all planned out. We know what you're going to do. And yet God even challenges us on that. God says in James chapter 4, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we'll go into this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Can I read that one more time? You and I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. And yet we want to plan for the rest of the year. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Now listen. Let me be honest, for many of us, that sounds so super spiritual that we don't even do that anymore. We used to hear people say all the time, well, if it's the Lord's will, we'll do this. Or if it's God's plan, we'll, we'll come and see you on such and such a day. We don't even do that anymore. It sounds almost so super spiritual that we kind of eliminate that from our lives. But the realities are, you don't know what you're going to do in six months' time. You don't know what you're going to do for the rest of your holidays. Because you don't know what God's will is. And if it's God's will that you do this, then that'll happen. And that's good. That's wise to make plans. But we have to always understand that God has a plan. Raise your hand if it's ever happened. How many of you have ever had your plans interrupted by God? Anybody? Three of you. Yeah. And uh, God sometimes does that. And it's sometimes difficult to deal with. Because we weren't expecting we weren't expecting that. Uh, as I said over the last few weeks, we've been talking about living a surprisingly supernatural lifestyle where God takes us, ordinary, regular people, and does supernatural things for our lives in a surprising way. We weren't expecting it to happen. The Bible puts it in this way. He says in 2 Corinthians, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that through the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. He's saying, in us, in these weak human bodies that we have, we carry the life of Christ. And throughout our lives, our brokenness, our humanity, our weakness, sometimes makes way to the supernatural power of God. And God shows us. And it's always surprising. Because people look at us and think, well, that's not right. But God shows us. When I was a kid, I used to love Cracker Jacks. Anybody ever have a box of Cracker Jacks? I used to love them. Why? Because it was so good? No. Because there was a toy, a prize inside. Wasn't that the Cracker Jacks was that good? But you're always wondering, what are you going to get? And it wasn't worth that much 
but it was still exciting because you weren't sure exactly. Let me say to you, and you've got to get this to the message today, God is working in your life. God is working in you. God has something inside of you. And people look at you, if you call yourself a believer, people look at you because they know that there's something inside of you. Think about that for just a minute. People look at you because you call yourself a believer. And they expect to find a surprise in you. Something that goes beyond your abilities and your talents. Something that's supernatural. You don't even know what it is. So we love to plan. But how many know there's one thing we never plan for? Trouble. You ever plan for trouble? You plan for sick days, you plan for troubled times, you plan for things to go wrong. We very seldom ever plan for trouble. We don't want it to happen, we try to avoid it. Uh, but the realities are, our troubled times will often produce God's biggest surprises in our lives. Let me say that one more time in case you don't get it. Our troubled times, the times when you're going through the hardest time, will often produce God's biggest surprises, supernatural surprises in our lives. If you're looking for God, he will often show up more when you're going through a time of difficulty than almost any other time in our lives. Let's get some examples really quick from, our, from the Bible. We know it's a picnic and we know we're getting lunch ready and we're usually done here fairly early today. So let me give you three quick examples from the Bible. Number one is found in Acts chapter 5. Uh, in Acts chapter 5, the church is growing. Uh, it's incredible what's happening. In fact, the, the description of what's happening is, is here for us on, on the screen overhead. This is what the Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. The apostles perform many signs and wonders among the people. Many signs and wonders. Not just one or two, many. And all the believers used to be together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more women believed, more and more women, men and women believed in the Lord and were added to the number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns and from around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. That's revival. That's pretty incredible times. Incredible things happen. I'm not even sure they were expecting. I don't think Peter woke up in the morning and said, hey, I'm going to go for a walk today, and maybe my shadow will fall on somebody and somebody will heal. I don't think he was thinking that. It was a surprise. God was doing things that he wasn't expecting him to do. But God does that kind of thing. And then we read the next one. Then the high priests and his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy, and they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. You're not expecting that. You're not expecting that when revival breaks out and God's doing incredible things, many people are being healed. Everybody that's brought to church gets healed. Everybody. Nobody expects that tomorrow you're going to be in jail. But that's what happens. Tomorrow. The guy who's 
walking along and shadows falling on people, ends up in prison, ends up in jail. But then God surprised us. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. He said, go stand in the temple courts. He said, and tell the people all about this new life. That's kind of a surprise. Have you ever heard of that before? I don't think they had either. And all of a sudden, this angel's waking them up and saying, the doors are open, you're free to go. Just keep doing what you're doing. And of course, as you read the story through, if you go down further in Acts chapter 5, they're threatened. Now they're outside preaching the gospel again. And of course, the authorities don't know what's happened. How did you get out here? What's going on? And the authorities, the Bible says, drag them back inside, threaten them, flog them, beat them, and say to them, don't talk about Jesus. And if you read the story at the end of uh, chapter 5, it says that they prayed and uh, I just read it for you here if I can find it real quickly. So the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. <laughs> oh, God uses ordinary, regular people in surprisingly supernatural ways. Even when you beat them and flog them and threaten them, they say, no, and they just keep on doing what they're supposed to do. And they just keep on, keep on, keep on. Oh, for a people that would keep on keeping on, amen? Another example is found in Acts chapter 16. And here we're going to talk about pain. God directed Paul and Silas to the city of Philippi and they got arrested there. Isn't that strange that God would direct you to a city where the first thing that happens is you're going to get arrested? That's not good. But we read this in verses 22 and 24 up here. It says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet and socks. Just got to get this picture. These are people trying to obey God, trying to do what God wants them to do. And they get severely beaten. They get severely restricted. They're thrown into jail. And then they're even restricted in their movement. They're put in socks. They can't do anything about it. <laughs> Nobody was expecting that. Christians very seldom expect to go through pain like that. Uh, none of us as Christians want to be in pain. Uh, in fact, there's whole pastors and teachers and theology that teach all against that. If you're in God's will, you'll never experience pain. Oh, really? Tell that to Paul's house. Tell that to them. Oh, if you're in God's will, nothing, everything will always work out just the way it should. Yeah, tell that to all sides. But you know where the real miracle started? At midnight. Because these ones who are beaten and flawed, and I'm sure living with discouragement, somehow, some way, for some reason, they begin to sing. They begin to sing at midnight. And they begin to praise God. And the scripture says, you can see the next one here, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. That's a miracle. And by the way, that's a surprise. 
Nobody expected that. I wouldn't expect that of you. If you went to the doctor and the doctor said cancer, I wouldn't expect you to go home and sing a song of prayers. That's what they did. If somebody, you lost somebody in your family and you're going through grieving and mourning, I wouldn't expect you to sing a song of praise, but they did. It's a surprise, all right? You don't expect it. It's what the Bible talks about, peace that passes understanding. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Here they are in the middle of the night in pain, suffering. Their future is uncertain. And they begin to sing. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the prison, the foundations of the prison were shaken. That once all the prison doors flew open, everybody's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew a sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. I mean, the miracle starts when you begin to sing. They didn't expect they didn't begin singing, thinking that the doors were going to fly open. They just began singing because God was worthy of praise. They just began singing and praising God because he's worthy of it. They certainly didn't expect the rest of it. That was a total surprise. And of course, you all hear the story to read through. The next one, I have the next one. Oh, no, let's go back on. Read that next one. But if you read through that story in Acts chapter 16, the, the jailer gets saved, his whole household gets saved. By 8 o'clock in the morning, the whole family's been baptized. I mean, talk about a surprise. Nobody expected that. But that's what God does. Sometimes in the midst of our worst pains, God does the greatest miracle. There are people who are going through pains of a marriage breakup. Hey, God's not done with you yet. God's not finished yet. God still has a purpose and a plan, and He's still working in your life. Your greatest miracle may just be around the corner, even though your greatest pain is just behind you. God's not done with you. You're going through financial troubles and financial pain. God's not done with you yet. Your greatest things lie ahead of you. God's greatest miracles are up ahead. Don't give up just because you're going through a tough time right now. Some of you have relationship issues with so-called friends. And uh, uh, you have no answer for it. You don't know what to do. But God does. God's still in control. Just give him praise. And let God have his way. One more story and I'll close. But I want to talk about bitter circumstances. In Acts chapter 28, uh, Paul has been arrested. And he's on his way to Rome. And he's going to face a trial for being a Christian. And ultimately, down the road, he will die as a martyr in Rome for being a Christian. He will be executed. His head will be cut off because he's a Christian. But he's on his way. He's now in between. And you know you're having a rough day, don't you? When you've been arrested and they send you off to the jailer and while you're on your way to the jailer, you have a shipwreck. <laughs> That's a bad day. But once safely on shore, after the ship has gone down, once safely on shore, we found out that the island is called Malta. The islanders showed an unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. 
And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the God, God's justice has not allowed him to live. As I said, you know you're having a rough day when you, you, you escape the shipwreck, and then you get bit by a poisonous snake. Bad day. Bad day. And then the people around you say, well, he's going to be a bad person. Look, look, look at all the bad things that are happening to him. He's a horrible person. He deserves this. This is he's just hitting what he gets. What happens next is that Paul shook off the snake into the fire and suffered no ill effects. People expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. Aren't people fickle? When you hang with a snake on your hand, they think you're a bad person. When you shake it off into the fire and nothing happens, now he's a god. That's just the way people are. But I love that. He used to use that phrase, I didn't know it came from the Bible when I was a kid. When we played hockey or played uh, baseball and you got hurt, uh, we would say, shake it off. Just shake it off. Don't, don't, don't stop, man. Just shake it off. Keep on going. Here's Paul. In fact, I will say this is probably one of my favorite short passages of Scripture in all the Bible. Because I think this is the essence of what Christianity is. You and I are not Superman. We're not super Joe Christians. We're just regular folk. And every once in a while we get bit. And you know what? We can sit there and whine and complain about our pain and how we've been hurt, or we can just shake it off. Years ago, I told you the story. Uh, uh, I was playing indoor soccer, and uh, I dislocated my finger. My little finger was actually bent that way. And uh, it hurt really badly. But it especially hurt when I looked at it. As long as I wasn't looking at it, it was okay. I hold it, hold it, hold it, and I think to myself, well, maybe it's better. And I look at it, and it's pointing that way. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm going to faint. And it's like, oh, and I cover up. You know, sometimes we have to acknowledge the fact that we are in pain. And sometimes we have to be reminded that we can not always shake everything off. But sometimes if we focus on our pain and focus on what's going on in our lives, the pain will just seem to be magnified and magnified and magnified. Paul just shakes it off. And the people are amazed because they expected him. Let me just say this. This is how I take this particular passage of Scripture. It can be applied to many, many, many things. Sometimes I think the biggest miracles in life are shaking off the bitter criticisms of other people and the angry words. They're like vipers that are driven out of the heat. And they attach onto us with some mean, rotten thing. And that's what it is. It's rottenness that comes from the inside. And they speak words of anger. And we can, we can sit and talk about it if we want. And we can be moaned the fact that people are not nice to us, or we can just shake it off and move on. Because their words don't have any meaning anymore. Sad when you get 
to seek bitterness and anger. But there comes a point in time where people just don't care because they never hear anything positive or good. And so you've got to learn to say, doesn't mean anything. Shake it off. Shake it off. There are times when we've gone through bitter experiences and hard times. God is able to take the very worst days of our lives and turn it into something surprisingly supernatural. There's a scripture, of course, many of you know it, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who call according to his purpose. Elaine, would you bring me that bag, please? How many of you know what these are? You know? Tinder. What's so special about them? What's special about Tinder? You get a surprise inside. Oh, yes. I found out when I bought these, they now have. Well, the, the lady called them girly fingers. Different girls. So I won't open the girly one up. I'll leave that one. Uh, this is you. I need to be specific. This is you. This represents you. Every one of us is exactly like a finger. There's something inside us that's we don't know what it is. And in order for us to get the valuable thing out, well, we have to expose it. We have to take off the pretty wrappings. The pretty cover has to come off. You see, some of us look so good in church. Our wrappings are so but the realities are, they cover up what God wants to do in our lives. And then, once the wrappings come off, we have to be broken. We have to be broken in order for us to find the surprise. I don't know what this is. It's still a surprise. <laughs> See the point I'm making? Your pretty wrappings, the front you put on to everybody else, the way everybody sees you, God knows the real you. And sometimes you have to take the wrapper off, the pretty facade. Let me just be honest. Sometimes as a pastor, you know it's true, but you kind of pretend it's not true, but I know for a fact that every home, every family represented in this church has struggles. Everyone. We come to church pretending to know, but it's reality. There are marriage relationships that are dysfunctional. Some of you are struggling with bitterness from past hurts. Somebody's hurt you and you still live with bitterness. Bitterness comes out of you every time you talk. 
It's just a reality. Some of you are physically hurting. You've got a facade on. You've got nice, pretty wrappings on. And as long as you keep the pretty wrapping on and keep pretending that everything's fine, never see the miracle. Never see the supernatural. That's what suffering does. That's what pain does. It breaks us. It breaks us. And in order for the miracle to take place, you have to be broken. Scripture calls it taking up your cross daily and following him. Another place talks about the seed has to fall to the ground and die in order for life to come. We have to be broken. But it's in our brokenness that the miracle comes out. Miracle comes out. Now, you know what some of us do? We don't want people to know. So we take up our brokenness and try to wrap it all back up in our pretty little papers. And that's us as a Christian. There we sit on the shelf. How many would buy this day at the store? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Just a sad. Kevin, come up here for a minute. Yeah, I'm going to get in here for a minute. Uh, where are you? Come up here for just a second. Bless you. Come up here for just a second. Every person here has a supernatural gift inside them. Everyone. Everyone. You have one. You have one. You have one. We all do. And we need to look at one another. We need to see one another. Not just as our paper wrappings. Who cares? Who cares about Michelle? We need to see each one, each one of us. When we look at one another in the house of God, we need to look at one another and say, that person has gone. That is a child of God. That person is gifted. That person has an opportunity to make a difference in the world. That person can change a person. 
because we need to begin to see one another, not just with our pretty little picture, the things that we put in church directory, which always looks so nice. But the reality is that every person in the church directory has supernatural abilities inside them. And we just need to let them know. And we look pretty ordinary. All of us do. But inside us is where the real magic is. That's what God does. Thank you. Thank you, Master. Appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, I appreciate that. If anybody wants this broken one, please come and get it afterwards. I'm keeping the others for myself. No, I'm not sure. I'm not eating chocolate in that table. I'll put these down here. Only take one. I hope you get the point of saying God wants us to live surprising, supernatural lives. But many of us never let the prize of it. We never let the supernatural life. We're too worried about what people think of us. We're too worried about our facade. That's why we very seldom pray for some people. We very seldom pray because we think to ourselves, what if what if the prayer is so you're worried about what people think of you? When I pray, it's not what people think of me, it's what people think of God. My reputation is not at stake. I don't heal anybody. God's the healer. And the same thing goes for you. You don't have to worry about your reputation just because you pray for somebody and nothing happens. That's, that's kind of common. But what happens if you do pray for somebody? And the surprisingly supernatural happens. The lame man who never walks, stands up and walks and leaps and praises God. Yeah. Everybody has to say. And the blind man sees, or the marriage that is broken gets healed. That's a surprisingly supernatural lifestyle. And that's what we're about to Amen. I just want to remind you. You have been called for his purpose, not your purpose. Our purpose might be to keep the prize to the inside. That would be our purpose. To stay intact and to keep the surprise inside. Oh, it feels so good to have God inside me. It's so good to have a relationship with God. But you're not called for that purpose. All things work together for good to those who are called according to your purpose. No, no. For those who are called according to his purpose. And his purpose is to break you and let the miracle go. Let the pride go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. If I look around this room, I see surprises all around me. Supernatural surprises. Some have yet to be released. Some have yet to be broken and set free. We're still worried about what people think about us. We're still worried about what happens if Nothing happens. We're still worried about what happens if, if we pray and the answer doesn't come right away. Father, free us from that. And help us to know that in every person, there's supernatural just waiting to happen, just waiting to come out. So, Father, I pray that you once again give us opportunity this week. Lord, bring us across people, bring us across situations. 
bring us across opportunities where, God, we can step in in faith and just trust you for that which we can't do on our own. The supernatural. And may it be a surprise to us.